What's going on guys, it's Simple Sports back again with another episode and coming up on today's show, three, count them, three punts for Kansas City uh, in the last three weeks, that is insane, 22 touchdowns in seven weeks uh, for Pat Mahomes, just let that sink in for a minute, okay, 22 touchdowns for Pat Mahomes uh, through seven weeks, 55 is the record for the season with Peyton Manning. Uh, a couple years back with the Broncos after Brady had broke his record not too long before that. Um, and they get the Broncos at home next up. The Cardinals at home uh, not long after that. And they still get to play the Raiders uh, defense two times. Certainly it is on the board that he breaks that record, uh, which would be insane. And just so you know, Dan Marino has the most ever uh, at that age, at the young age of 23, which is what Pat Mahomes is. Also the youngest that any quarterback has uh, thrown for the quote-unquote most touchdowns in the league. Dan Marino holds that record at that age at 48. Um, and like I said, the record for the league as a whole, no matter the age, is 55. So both of those are on the table. He is something special, and he is lighting the league on fire. So the Titans once again fell short. Uh, in a game that, in all honesty, they were the better team. They played better the entire day, I think, anyway. They gave up two terrible big plays on defense, and that was about it. Uh, now, all that will that will get you beat, uh, as it did. But it goes to show you a few things about the Titans. One, um, the margin of error for any team, uh, but especially a team with an average to, to poor offensive production at best on a good day, is very, very close to none. And the Titans had more than a few drops on the day, which has still been a problem, uh, dating back to even last year. A missed field goal that would have made the two-point conversion a moot point altogether because they wouldn't have needed it. And the pick in the red zone from Mariota on what was a puke-worthy decision to me, uh, and plenty, plenty more, all led to that loss. Uh, And one of the biggest things, 35 first-half points. For the entire season. But first, of course, let's start with the simple stuff. Dallas let one go yesterday. I was simultaneously impressed and disappointed in Dak Prescott. He played his butt off yesterday. I'm not going to take that from him. He he was a true gladiator yesterday. But he made some very, very big mistakes. Um, every quarterback makes mistakes. He happened to make one at the most very inopportune time. Uh, Zeke was a no-show. I think 33 yards on the day. Uh, and Meyer connected perfectly with the upright as the Cowboys fan came crashing back down to earth after last week, thinking that they were going to launch themselves right into the playoffs. No, you launch yourselves right back to where you belong. Don't look now, but Houston is on the move. They're on the rise. Spanked the Jags yesterday and now sit atop the AFC South for the week, uh, much to my very, very, very strong dislike. I don't buy it for a second from the Texans. Uh, so let's go back a bit. Uh, they lost to the Giants at home, their only one of the year. Have you seen the Giants play recently? Before beating the Colts, who stink, the Cowboys, who stink, the Bills, who stink, and the Jags, who finally, finally, finally bench Blake Bortles, who stinks. So everybody this morning is questioning, are you worried about the Pats after they escaped Chicago with a win barely? Uh, no, not one bit. Chicago is a tough place to play, first off. Uh, it's tough to go on the road to win um, and beat that Chicago team, especially this year. That defense is legit. 
uh, and their defense has is getting better. Uh, Tom Brady went in there and hung 38 on them. Now, they had two special teams touchdowns, uh, so you have to take that into account. But the Pats as a whole hung 38 points on them. Special teams is part of the game, and the Pats are the most detail-oriented team in football. So do I say it is worry? Do I have pause for cause because they gave or because they scored two special team touchdowns and not offensive touchdowns? Not one bit. You know why? Because that's what the good teams do. Killer Cam was big time yesterday. That comeback versus the Eagles was absolutely insane. He was a no-show for most of the game, and then all of a sudden, he, it's like he just decided to, you know what, I'm just going to take this game over. And the Eagles, uh, it, maybe it says more about them and how bad that they've been playing this year, but credit to Cam and the Panthers. Uh, I picked the Eagles, and once it was 17 to nothing, I turned the game off, and then my phone started blowing up. Uh, what a game that was yesterday. Like I said, hats off to Cam Newton and the Panthers getting that road on the win, on, getting that road on the win. Jesus Christ, getting that win on the road, uh, very very much needed. And finally, for our quick hits of the day, what have we learned about the Browns? Uh, they're still just figuring out how to win football games, and that is evidenced by the four overtime games, uh, which tells me they just don't know how to close the deal. And that's part of growing up. That's part of the growing pains. And unfortunately, in sports, sometimes the growing pains are followed directly by a descent because in sports, you don't get to carry that momentum into the year after year. So this year is going to be big for them and big for Baker Mayfield, big for Hugh Jackson, big for the Browns as a whole to have a productive year and to stop being the laughingstock of the NFL. And it's it's clear that they just don't know how to win games. Four overtime games, all the possessions that they have in overtimes, you know, multiple possessions. It's not like the other team gets the ball first and goes down and scores every time. Uh, and the fact that you find yourself in overtime position um, four out of seven weeks is, is remarkable as well. Uh, they, they've been in every game, and, and you can find two or three just critical mistakes in each game that could lead to lead to this team having four or five or six wins really and that and that's not being hyperbolic like that's just being real about the situation uh now they don't have six wins so it is what it is uh baker struggled early yesterday and then came on a little bit later on made some plays down the stretch uh, but they couldn't get the ball in on the sneak and i truly believe that that has a bit to do with his size joe flacco is getting in from there. Big Ben is getting in from there. Andy Dalton is getting in from there. Uh, even Marcus Mariota. It... Oh, wait. So, speaking of Mariota and the Titans, I said at the top, there were some critical mistakes for the Titans that led to this loss. Uh, one of which being Phillip Rivers was 19 for 26 for 306 yards and two touchdowns with a 75-yarder on the very first play from scrimmage. You simply can't start that way. Then they give up a three-play drive that uh, ended with a 55-yard touchdown. Other than that, Phillip Rivers was 17 for 24 for 176 yards. They got into the red zone twice and didn't come away with uh, any touchdowns. And the closest they got outside of those two possessions was like the 43-yard line. They were actually able to overcome that and and held the charge to two field goals aside from the, the two touchdowns that they scored. That was it. They also held the charge to 47 rushing yards. And they went for 164 themselves, which is good. Uh, granted, it was it was a collective effort between Lewis, Henry, and Mariota. Uh, and that's something we'll get into in a second. But 
164 rushing yards, that'll work. Uh, Mariota was 24 for 32 with a couple of big drops. Uh, it probably should have been 27, 28 for 32 or even better. Compared to the Chargers, uh, on third down, they were 4 for 9 versus the Titans being 9 for 15, which is pretty good. That'll work. Uh, Mariota had one big bad decision, and it led to the first red zone interception of his career in the NFL. And it was absolutely awful. It was puke-worthy. And they really, really needed those points at the end of the half. They were down 6-10, to 10, had taken over the game. Only, Like I said, they had the one play from the Chargers, the 75-yard touchdown. Other than that, they dominated that first half. You just can't have that. He had guys open, and he tried to fit the ball into some ridiculous window. The ball gets tipped, picked, and that was that. I'll even take the three points at that point in the game, but you can't do what he did. But the biggest sticking point came on the final drive, where Mariota was great, I thought. He was really great for most of the game, aside from that one throw and a couple of ever so slightly badly thrown passes that still, uh, you know, that's just, it is what it is. Listen, no quarterbacks. If you drop back 30, 35, 40 times and throw the ball, one of those is going to be off. It just is what it is. But he can't make the poor decision on the interception. He just can't have that. So... They marched right down the field at the end of the game, end of the reg- or in the regulation. Uh, converted a fourth down on the throw to Stalker for the touchdown. And I'm like, man, here they go. They're going to do it again. Now, I didn't like the play call in the past, but they converted, so it is what it is. And like I said, I thought they were going to do it again. And then they come out, and they get a penalty, and now they're on the one-yard line, and they go for the two-point conversion, and they come out in the empty set. What? Huh? Derrick Henry is on the sideline, and by the way, not only then, at the most inopportune time of the day, but tons of third and fourth downs, short yardage situations throughout the whole year where he's on the sideline, that they've gone for, and Derrick Henry is on the sideline, and they've gotten stuffed a couple of times, or missed him a couple of times, and they missed yesterday. And so, like I said, they come out in the empty set, the Chargers, who aren't necessarily great against the run. As evidenced by your day running the ball, uh, like I said, as a collective effort between the three of them. And even if you don't run Henry, you still have Der- Derek. You, ha- you still have Deion Lewis and still got Marcus Mariota. You need to run the ball there. I'm okay with the call to go for it. I don't mind them going for it. And if they had gotten stuffed on the two-point conversion, I'd be just as pissed. But I'm okay with the call. What I'm not okay with was the play call. And, you know, I didn't flinch when they decided to go for it. In fact, I thought they would go for it. But uh, if you would have told me prior to that it took the, f- the field goal, um, that I could take the field goal from the, for the extra point or the pass from the one-yard line, I'd take the field goal. Terrible, terrible play call. They should have won this game and been 4-3 atop the AFC South along with Houston and keeping pace with other AFC teams that are four and three, like the Ravens who lost yesterday, like the Dolphins who lost yesterday. Uh, Instead, the company you keep are the Jets and the Jaguars, which are not exactly studs. And then we get to the Chiefs and the Rams. I want to talk about them really quickly. Uh, It would appear that we have a three-team race to the Super Bowl. The winner of the Chiefs and the Pats versus the Rams. The Rams are just rolling people. Same with the Chiefs. Uh, listen, the 49ers aren't world beaters, no, but we've seen them beat both good and bad teams. Uh, talking about the Rams, 
doesn't matter who you put in front of them this year. They just keep winning. And the Chiefs' only loss came to a team that is, I don't know, one and one in the last two Super Bowls. <laughs> so I think they are just fine. Uh, and by the way, that was a three-point loss um, after they had just scored 40 points uh, and had a couple of bad turnovers themselves. So I'm not worried about the Chiefs. Um, their defense is getting better. This isn't your Alex Smith-led Chiefs, and these aren't your Jeff Fisher coach Rams, okay? And to think that they're actually rounding into better shape is scary. The Chiefs last night rolled the Bengals, who are just on the better side of average this year. And here's here's some, some interesting numbers. I was listening to First Things First this morning. Nick Wright said something that made me go look this up. The Chiefs have started this year scoring 136 points in the first half to their opponents, 87. 124 in the second half to their opponents, 95. For a little bit of perspective, okay, dead last is Tennessee with 35 points, 35 first half points on the entire season, 100 points total on the entire season, and their defense is getting Houston and Eric Berry back, and if both can return to their formal former selves, which you know injury history can be a problem. Uh, but their defense was great yesterday, and if if they can return back to what they were or even close to it, I think they'll be just fine. They're going to be the team to beat in the AFC, especially if they end up with the number one seed. AJ Green and and Boyd yesterday. AJ Green had a, a good first half, pretty much absent in the second, along with Boyd. Uh, 117 yards for Green, but they were a lot of empty calories. <laughs> And Mixon was okay, and Andy Dalton turned into another pumpkin. Sent you in a nice, piping, hot, garbage performance from Andy Dalton yet again. Very, very impressed by the Chiefs, but they have to hold on to that number one seed. I don't think if they get the two seed or anything lower than that, uh, if they have to go to New England at any point in the playoffs, I don't think they can pull that one off. Now, if New England has to go there, while I still would probably pick New England to win, I would be, it would be a 50-50 toss-up for me. All right, what to look for tonight? We got a Giants-Falcons Monday night showdown, and believe it or not, the Giants are actually still alive with both the Eagles and the Cowboys losing yesterday, and the Redskins didn't exactly impress me, and I don't necessarily trust them anyway. I thought they were going to be better this year. Their record says that they're better, but I do not buy them for a minute. If the Giants can win tonight, they face the Pats, or excuse me, they face the Pats, Jesus. If the Giants can win tonight, they fi- they then face the Skins next week and can move to 3-5 and five and one game behind the Skins with one more meeting. If there was ever a sliver of hope for the Giants, uh, they need to win tonight, obviously. Or come tomorrow morning, the headlines will read, which quarterback are the Giants taking with the number one overall pick? All right, with all that said, that's all I got for today. Like I said, stay tuned for the game tonight. Should be a good one. I don't think the Falcons' defense is very good, and so I don't. I think that would actually allow for the Giants to be in this game. Um, I think if the Falcons' defense were anything close to competitive, I think this would probably be a blowout because the Falcons' offense is better than the Giants. And so we'll see. I'm actually picking the Giants to win this game on the road, believe it or not. I don't know why I have faith in the Giants. I, they're not even my team. I don't understand it. Um, but I'm picking the Giants to win this game tonight, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Stay tuned on the next episode. Until then, peace. Peace.